sorry I was running a little bit late to to jump into the pod. I'm 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 working with a new hair product these days, and it's taking me a little bit longer than expected uh, out of the shower to situate myself. Um, Is that why you're looking so Brad Pitt esque right now? It's just like Brad Pitt juice, Brad Pitt hair juice. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I get it from his groomer. She puts a little aside for me. And then um, I got this new plaid shirt. So I'm really working on my whole Brad Pitt get down. Um, but that's for another time. That's for the Brad Pitt episode of Corporate Lunch, which we'll get to. And um, and truthfully, no one cares about my hair. It's all about Sam Hines' hair. Everybody knows that. Um, and Rachel's as well. Um, anyway, this is episode 567 of Corporate Lunch, the GQ style podcast about clothes. Um, thanks for being with us through all these episodes. We did um, 400 and something episodes in the last week. And, um, you know, I'm a little tired, but but glad to be here with you guys. Just, just before we get any further, I want to say we're so honored to have been um, nominated in the podcast category of the Grammys. You know, I think we're, I think we might be able to bring this one home. That's right. Who's in it? It's like us and the daily and a bunch of podcasts about murder. And Phoebe Bridgers is in it. Just solo. Just an honor to be nominated. This is a true crime podcast. Fashion crime. Fashion crime. Exactly. And um, happy holidays. This is, uh, we're all here today. You know, Rachel, Sam and I each individually brined our separate turkeys today. Uh, what do you guys, what's your guys' favorite Thanksgiving dish to eat alone in, um, sadly, this week? Um, a pret-a-manger, turkey, <laughs> stuffing, cranberry sandwich that's, like, extra cold and, like, slightly frozen. That's my favorite. Rachel? Um, well, actually, earlier this week or last week, whatever week it was, uh, someone on Twitter was talking about eating pastries from Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of fresh. <laughs> I liked that idea. All right. Like a marble loaf cake. Oh, yeah. That's what I'll be eating alone. A big loaf of marble. Yeah. I miss the, um, I miss the thanks, the, the festive themed like bowls and whatnot you get from the corporate fast casual institutions we once frequented. Mm-hmm. Um, cranberry turkey quinoa. <laughs> that's right. The cranberry turkey quinoa bowl the you know turkey club with like a, a smear of with like a, a, a gooey wad of uh stuffing in there <laughs> the wild rice gobbler <laughs> <laughs> um i've been just inundated with with sales alerts the inboxes are exploding and not the fucked up thing is that like now I don't get it's not just like the promotional emails but I'm actually getting in advance of the promotional emails the email alerts from the PR, like from the PR team to notify me as an editor that sales are coming so that I can like plan my sale coverage accordingly. And I fucking hate sales. I hate sales season and I don't like sales. They make me sad. Why do they make me sad? Well, I don't like the, the D I don't like how they devalue things. And I don't like how they, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Paying less for stuff you want is is like a is the best thing to do you know i you know obviously i'm a i believe that you should pay what things cost and and in a way that makes sense for you and is is sustainable for businesses and the planet and everything else but when you just when when 
especially when you're looking at like e-com and you see expensive fine clothing that you that you know should you should should be respected in some way that's what i mean that's what this is all about there should be some appreciation for it and the value of it should be a real thing that corresponds to materials and labor and everything else and then to just lop off like a huge chunk of that price just for the just because it's the day after thanksgiving it just feels arbitrary and like kind of an assault on my whole life and value system when you buy something on sale like say you you buy you know an $1800 Ralph Simmons blazer and it's 40% off or let's say 50% off so i can do this math you buy Should an $1800 <laughs> when you when you when you get that blazer unwrap it slip it on does it feel like a $900 blazer or an $1800 blazer i think like, it does like buying a- something on sale make it feel less luxurious and exciting i think so I mean, buying things full price is, is a big deal too. I mean, that's, that's not the way people work. We all know sales season's coming and everyone knows that we know that. So like, it's all kind of baked in, but to, I, I, I think it, it feels a little less special. I don't know. I don't know. Even though you as, even though you as a, as a member of the uh, fashion deep state knows that knows how sort of like arbitrary the price markups are from wholesale to retail right like to me it's like i i i i've seen like inside the i've like peeled back like we can all peel back the curtain a little bit and like see what something costs on like a wholesale price sheet right yeah um so to me sales like i i I definitely feel like i i see what you're saying about devaluing luxury goods, but I also also see like what they actually cost to produce or like have some sense of, I think we all like have some sense of like what this stuff actually costs to produce. And, um, you know, I think that like, that changes the the calculus a little bit in my mind. Not that everyone should be able to buy everything for like wholesale price. Cause that I think doesn't that, make the economy go round, but. Let's say, I mean, we're talking about, yeah, expensive goods here. So let's say you are talking about the difference between, you're talking about a 50% off sale now, if you can afford, you know, there's a big difference between $900 and $1,800 and both are large amounts of money. To me, if you like that blazer enough, it means it's something you're going to have and wear and have and wear for a long time. And you believe in the quality of it. You should just buy it full price when it comes out. Like, yeah, if you're going to wear that blazer as outerwear, as you should every day for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> you should pay even more than $800 for it. I don't think, think I agree with that. You don't think something should co- like like cost what what someone values it at? So I think I think the way that this and this is this is I don't I'm not saying that any fashion designer thinks this although I can think of one or two who who definitely do. I think there are like certain uh I think there are certain customers who are like expected to pay full price to make up the difference for everyone else getting things on sale. Right. That's a good point. So like, for example, I, I have gotten kind of to the point where I don't, I very rarely buy anything that's completely new. Like I would say in the past year, I can count on, I guess I can count on one hand the things that I've gotten new not on any kind of like secondary, you know, store or website. 
Um, and the things that I've gotten have been from like really young designers who like, they don't really have stuff on the secondary market. And also it's like, I feel like it's crucial to support their business. Like if I'm going to write about them and like talk about how great they are, I should be also buying their clothes. Yeah. So I'm thinking in particular like of Marine Sare, but also like Chapova Luena, both of which are incredibly expensive. Yeah. Um, and those are things that I'm like, you know, like there are some pieces that I've bought when they arrive in the store thinking like, well, but it'll be really, and maybe this is like totally delusional, but I'm like, it'll be really great when like later in the season, like there are some things that are marked down and someone who makes much less money than I do can buy one of these cool Marine Serre pieces. And like, that's the kind of person who should be wearing it anyways. Someone who's like, I know who Marine Serre is. I love her work. She's really cool, but it's, it's pretty out of my price range. Like someone who could never save up like, you know, $1,800 for a jacket but maybe could save up $900. Right, there's a little bit of like a tier system that's baked into this, which is like, you get, if you, the high net worth customer who, who can and does spend full price gets like first, first pick, first choice. You get your size of choice and color availability. And then it kind of like over the, over the duration of the season and theoretically some change in inventory, it, it like, it bumps down from there and that that's part that's intentional that that's like the way it's set up that it's not um that the price coming down isn't devaluing necessarily but it's it's kind of like it's like a order of priority order of priority or something somehow but it's also kind of fashion socialism because you're like if i pay if i like a person with more uh disposable income pay more money for Chapova Luena, then maybe some people who just really love Harry Styles but don't have a lot of disposable income can also participate in Chapova Luena. <laughs> uh, I just think, all right, so there's like the economies of the thing aside, which is, I, I don't know if it's valid or not, but there's some logic behind it and it's, it's the system we've got. Sales season just makes me feel a little queasy. Like that, like rush to like click a link to like see what's left and what size and like scroll through pages of stuff and like, and like looking at basically shopping by looking at prices, meaning you're like, Oh, what's this thing marked down to be? And that's not the way I ever want to look at, you know, you want to look at a thing and decide if you, if it's interesting to you, if you like it, and then eventually you're going to get around to looking at the price. And that's like a big part of your decision, obviously. But when you're just looking at like the red numbers and just like the percent mm -hmm. off and like the markdowns and like, Oh, but like, it's, it's this brand and it's this price. Like it just, it just becomes this different type of like game and it makes me feel a little sick. And then of course there's just like the regret buying, which I do much less of these days as a slightly more mature and, adult responsible person but i've definitely been guilty in the past of like jumping on something at sales season and, and like never wearing it i think i've i've had i've been burned that way too many times yeah i mean i find that process really sickening too but i think the i mean yeah and especially over the past year like over this summer it was really scary to see you know like these things that are really amazing that are selling for like 70% off on these websites. The way that I decided to get around that this season is that I like, you know, I look at 
e-commerce sites all the time. And I started actually using the favorite or like wish list function. Mm-hmm. And then when, when the, the site emails me, like when, you know, Essence or whatever is like, hey, like the sale is here. I just look at my wish list. And if there's anything on there that has been marked down, then I buy it. Cause it's like, I know I already wanted it. Right. I think that yeah. you're totally right now. I mean, it's a really like disgusting way to look at clothes and you want to have an elegant relationship with clothes yeah. and buying them. Yeah. It's also sale season, like <clears throat> what the way you describe it, like where it's just endless page after page after page of scrolling, like is such an indictment on the fashion system as we know it, like sales, the sales season should be like, all right, end of season closeouts, like, like let's get rid of everything that's left over from full price but it's not it's not just like leftovers it's like entire collections of stuff in like a huge range of sizes that have just hung around that haven't been sold through that are now available at like 40 percent off like right now um which is not how it should be like we're used to it being this way but it's not how like a functioning you know wholesale system should should work at all it's not even like france yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in, well, in France, it's it's uh, the government regulates sales season, right? It happens twice a year for a week, and too bad in the too bad in America we have a little thing called antitrust laws, so we can't do that. What's the last thing you guys bought full price? Um. Well, I bought a marine sare suit. A skirt suit made out of upcycled towels. Sick. That's this season, or this was. It was. Uh, it was spring, and I bought it in late May. That's become such a canonical Rachel Tashton. I look. wear it all the time. So good. I love it. Wait, have I seen it's so it? Comfortable. You? You've definitely seen the jacket because I wear the jacket a lot. Um, I bought one thing full price this season. I bought a very fancy um, Casey Casey shirt, like a super heavy double cloth cotton beige, like light, light beige, natural colored button up shirt. That's just like amazing. Nice. I bought the, uh, our legacy leather pants. And great purchase. How's it been going? You sleep in them every night. I've 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 begun just a a, a very beautiful relationship <laughs> with these leather pants. That's gross. All right. Well, today we have something really special, really special, really important, really one of the most significant events of the year, certainly of the, the last month. Um, the great. What are people calling it? The great um, transition or something where the world, the whole global economy is going to consolidate into like one thing. You know about this? The big shift? Come on. I have no idea what you're talking Atlantic, about. So. <laughs> is this part of the Balenciaga video game? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, what if we realize, what if we like wake up one day or whatever and realize that this has all just been part of the Balenciaga video game all along. Oh my god. <laughs> Did you see in the press release they the I don't know if this is like a spoiler alert or whatever for the people who really want to beat the Balenciaga video game, but if you win the Balenciaga video game, 
you enter a guided meditation. I saw that. I'm really excited. In a in a utopian place. I'm gonna win the Balenciaga video game. You can count on it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Balenciaga continues to be probably the most interesting brand in fashion. Oh guys, today boots. is the day we reveal the top ten boots of the moment of the year of the season the top 10 boots of the the top 10 boots of the top 10 boots of this particular fashion podcast um i want everyone to know that this is an unbiased there's been no paid placement this is a this is a uh you know perfectly ethical we we these boots were selected uh, without any outside influence or bribes payments although I can be bribed and paid off quite easily. Um, this particular list of the top 10 boots is not, is, uh, is, is honest and to be trusted. Uh, so the 10th, so we're going to count down to the number one boots of the season because actually, wait, we need a little more preamble here. I think, what do you guys, what are your guys feelings on boots? Cause I know some people don't wear boots. I'm always a little, little confused by that. Boots are my favorite shoes. Really? Boots yeah. are the top shoe. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Sam. It's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. Like like how some people will be like strolling through Soho in November in ballet flats. Like I think boots are really the true year round shoe. Like there are boots you can wear in boots August. To the beat? You know. Not many, but boots are boots like Rachel says, boots are the ultimate form i do like boots with shorts i I think that always looks pretty cool thinking especially of that raf simmons spring 20 collection where they had kind of like a a lace-up boot with the big heel and the big tongue and the big shorts you guys know what i'm talking about excellent 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 all too done a lot of um it's a little cold now but for a while for a couple months in fall i was doing shorts with blundstones like hot like crew socks and blundstones and long shorts felt pretty good about that felt felt pretty cool um did i look cool who knows but um nobody really saw me except like the the the, the, like weirdos in home depot what are your guys boot rotations what's in the rotation my main boot rotation is um brown prada chelsea boots the ones with the um, with the neoprene accent oh. webbing from I think I forget what what season they're from, but they're sort of it's sort of a permanent Prada style now. But um, I wear those all the time. Um, I have a pair of RM Williams Comfort Yearling boots, which are the um, the RM Williams with the Cuban heel and the rubber sole um very dope very comfortable um i have a pair of celine i forget what they're called but they're sort of like it's like the celine combat boot style that um is it called officer boot or ranger boot ranger boot i have a pair of celine ranger boots in black obviously which are dope all right that's enough this is getting ridiculous that's my top three that's my top top three 600 boots (laughs) Uh, (laughs) my boot rotation is a much tighter edit and this is 
That was three boots. Boot, that was but three it was pairs Piranha of boots. Celine and, and some Australian shit. So I just I couldn't couldn't Our handle it Okay, my boots, and I actually have to add an addendum or a correction to something I said earlier. I have bought something new at full retail between the Marine Sarah suit and now, which is one of the primary boots in my rotation, which are low-heeled gray tabby boots, like a concrete gray tabby boot. Oh, yeah, we saw those. So I've been wearing those. I have a pair of boots by the row that are basically like a, a rich woman's Ugg boot, which I wear quite a lot. And then I have a pair of Prada equestrian boots that I bought like hours after I interviewed Mrs. Prada because she was wearing them. And I was like, wow, she looks so amazing. Like if I'm really going to write this story, I need to understand like what it's like to be in her shoes. Um, and then I have a <laughs> pair of Andamulamister combat boots that I've had for like 10 years that are incredible. Like the most beautiful boots in the whole world. Everybody knows that Andamulamister makes the most significant combat boots. It's good that you have a pair. Someone has yeah. to. Not me. I don't have any. I don't really have any historically significant boots, I wouldn't say. I need some. My boot rotation, I mean, all my stuff is in storage. I have a pair of Hoka, like Gore-Tex Kaha boots that I hike in. I have a pair of um, my Blundstones, which I wear with the Shearling insole, which I highly recommend anyone. Blundstones or not, get some Shearling insoles. Um, it makes a big difference in comfort and warmth and um, but doesn't get like over hot because you know it's it's natural. I have a pair of muck boots. You guys know what muck boots are? Muck boots are the shit. They're like a rubbery slip on, like rubber and neoprene, like gardening boot. Um, that's like you know, kind of like a blundstone, but just like way more rugged and entirely rubber and and like just like the slip on, slip off kind of thing. But that's all I really have with me. I mean, um. The boots I have that I really love otherwise are trickers done for engineer garments that are navy blue. Um, I forget the style, but they have like a moccasin toe. Um, I love Solivare, which is the English boot maker that has, you know, they make their boots in England in the, what I believe are the old Doc Martens factories because Doc Martens aren't made in, some are made in England, but very few. Solivare still, still made in England. Um, very similar to Docs, but um, in Northampton, yeah. right? And um, the best boots I own are a pair of um, Russell moccasins made for Gnome de Guerre that I got probably 10 years ago at the Gnome de Guerre store um, under the Swatch store on Broadway in Soho. Do you just keep those on ice? I've never seen those. I don't um, think. No, I don't keep them on ice. I wear them. I guess I haven't worn them in a long time. They just occurred to me. I was just trying to think of boots I own because hmm. I can't really fully participate in the boot rotation part of this conversation because I live in exile and I don't have my boots with me. Um, but you know. when you get out of exile, you'll be wearing the boots on your hands, yeah, on your feet. I'll be covered in boots. All right, without any further ado, let's get into the top 10 boots. Um, who, who's gonna, I guess Sam should start. I would love to start. Um, the number 10 boot of the season is the Camion boot by Our Legacy. Oh, yeah. 
our Legace. We'll include the links in the episode description, but um, just to paint a picture, these boots are, they very closely resemble the square-toed Margiela boots from like the late okay. 90s, early 2000s um, that, uh, you know, often would be like black leather, but then painted white and like crackle in this really exciting way. Um, this is not like a new design for our legacy either, but um, they've been sold out for like a year, I think, and um, we're finally restocked. Which color do you so like? I have a the pair olive leather the or the black? The black's the black's the one for me, but um, the olive's pretty nice too. Then there's like a nice sort of like dark brown version. Yeah, as these well. are killer. Killer. Those Margela, I think. I mean, Margela made the Margela artisanal ones that are like just like true all-time grails. Um, these are really nice. A good choice, Sam. Number 10. A strong number 10. Rachel, you want to go next? Sure. Uh, for, for me, and therefore for us, mm -hmm. um, are these Gucci brogue boots that are very ladylike, but they were shown in the what I guess is ostensibly the fall winter 2020 collection with like big slacks and so they have this like you know kind of slightly fussy like British Edwardian schoolboy mm -hmm. appeal but they look and they're this like weird creamy color which I described on slack as duck's breath <laughs> um it's like not a very pleasant color, but it would like look amazing with like green or olive trousers. Yeah. That like pool a little bit, you know, like you want, you don't want to look like, you don't want to have like cropped trousers and like a fitted blazer. You want to have like a slightly oversized fit with these creamy boyish Victorian doll boots. Beautiful choice. She has, um, Gucci has just an absolute arsenal of good boots. I really like the Gucci rubber, like that off-white rubber horse bit Chelsea boot that has like a little fleecy collar. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. um, they're like, they look like a total cartoon. But actually the number eight boot um, that will change your life is, is the um, Bottega Veneta puddle boots, which are total cartoon boots and, and, and i think frankly are, they're like the big boot of the season i have to say it's kind of the boot yeah. of the season um i think they're like extremely cool and iconic in the way that like the balenciaga triple s sneaker sort of is like they just feel like a total moment of like fashion innovation but also just total utter silly silliness and like irreverence um and they're just like an entirely rubber you know they say they're biodegradable that's pretty cool um kind of chelsea boot in like solid colors i like the yellow best um there's a color called kiwi that's pretty excellent but they're just so good and you know if you look at the boot landscape of the moment um, you know, if you look on essence.com, for instance, or any of these big sites, there's 15, 16, 20 pages of boots and like 40 to 50% of it are like are Chelsea boots with like rubberized features. Like mm -hmm. the, the, there's a lot in this style and the Gucci that I mentioned as well, just kind of like an all rubber kind of like play on 
what is the word what is the like like galoshes is that a thing what is galosh yeah. is a galosh overboot like galoshes go over your shoes or no technically yes but they aren't these are like kind of playing with that idea i would say they're not actually over boots but and then just so so fucking many kind of techie chelsea boots that's really like like the prada that sam mentioned is that sam owns is probably one of the the best versions but like everyone in the world it kind of like the blundstone thing um done up in fashion so anyway these the bv puddle boot is um kind of all time no it just really to gotta, clarify you, you like this yellow color right the slime colorway but not so the kiwi good. you like the yellow oh, color sorry I'm looking at Bottega's site. I think I like yeah. the one that's called Kiwi. I like the one that's called Rubber Band. Yeah, Rubber Band is good too. That's what I thought was Kiwi. Maybe I like Rubber Band better. I, I mean, they kind of look awesome. All of them look awesome. I feel like yeah. you get oh, the whole set. Yeah. Rubber Band is an excellent color. Um, the number seven boots, who's up, Sam? So the number seven boot of the season is the Adyar Black tanker combat boot so i think i've actually i think i mentioned these as a vibe um many episodes ago adyar is a small um brand out of paris that makes like super super like bulletproof teched out military fashion and these tanker combat boots look like something that you would buy before like starting a six month stint on like an oil rig in the middle of the ocean. Like they're so fucking huge and tactical. The sole is like a foot thick. Uh, they have these like crazy, um, they have this like closure uh, over the top that like Velcros in and like wraps your ankle um, for like maximum protection from what I have no idea. Um, but they these things will just like I really like the um the Bottega um I mean Bottega just has a lot of great boots this season. I like the Bottega tire boots with like the big chunky sole and the really high ankle shaft, but like these Adyar boots will stomp the shit out of those <laughs> Bottega boots. Like these things look like they weigh a million pounds. Um and the best part is that even though they look like something that you could buy at like you know, uh, Dave's New York or something. Uh, for Essence, they've <laughs> this is an exclusive style for Essence, and it says that they have a limited run of six pairs of these boots. So, Wait, no, they have them on Departmento too. They launched with Departmento. Essence probably has the like quote unquote exclusive for this season. I think it is actually the same model, but Essence has a grand total of six of these babies. So, well, they really have twelve. Right. Make sure that they send you both pairs. Yeah, you definitely want, I, one thing I'd say about these boots is you definitely want a left and a right. Yeah. I think an honorable mention, an honorable mention um, on this list has to be the Martine Rose thigh-high boots that um, Quill Lemons, friend of the pod, ordered from Essence. And then um, in a tragic uh, e-commerce incident, he only received the right boot. And, um, and not the left. So if you have the left version of this Martine Rose boot, please um, send it to Quill. He's looking for it. And everyone, please pray. Pray to, to locate the other boot. 
Um, I mean, this is a horrible thing to happen to someone. We need everyone to come together on this one. Um, the number six boot. Who's up? Rachel's up. So I have a, a kind of related boot. If you're not quite ready to go that aggressive, but you still need to feel truly alive, I would recommend a Prada brushed leather mid-calf boots, which are a slim, a simplified version of a combat boot. They're much more of like a late 19th century military boot, incredibly like shiny, perfectly polished. They're going to hit right above the ankles. You could tuck the pants in, you could leave the pants out, you could wear them as I would suggest you do with a skirt. They're like the perfect, perfect boot. They're the kind of boot that you can wear and everyone's gonna notice your boots or you could wear them a slightly different way and no one, people will just be like, oh, that guy has really nice boots on. I think Prada is probably the ultimate boot maker, if you ask me. I just think Prada yeah. boots are the best. I think this could have been number one if we had done some planning, but we didn't. So it's number six, a fabulous choice. The number five is, 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 is related because it's from Raph Simmons, who is a co-designer of Prada. Don't forget that. Don't put some respect on his name. Um, he's more than your favorite um, cult designer of, of uh, angst youth wear. But um, Raph's mainline launched footwear this year, like in-house footwear for the first time ever. And there's a grip of excellent boots associated with it. So I wonder, there's one called the Runner, which is like very elegant and has like a, a sole, a um, heel. <clears throat> but the one that I really like is called the Cylon boot. And it's like, it has more of a full running shoe sole and then like a leather booty that's like kind of Chelsea boot and zip in the back. It's very like tech, futuristic. Um, it has like a big, like a center seam. It's, it, it, it does resemble a sneaker, but it's very boot-like and elegant to me. I would wear this with a suit or something if I had like a really slick black suit. That, this is a truly amazing shoe that has not gotten its full due. Like, if yeah, you look so. at the obsession with, like, performance footwear in fashion, and then you look at how other fashion brands have sort of um, interpreted that, you don't see anything yeah. that is this interesting or um sophisticated i would say like this it's a big thing right now to combine like i'm gonna do like a really i'm gonna smash together like a really formal thing or a really traditional thing with a really like crazy streetwear thing and this is like not that at all but it is kind of that idea it was designed by, I think Raph brought in this guy, Miles O'Mealy. I mean, I know he did. Raph brought in this guy, Miles O'Mealy, to design the footwear. And um, I think you're absolutely right. Like, he took a really novel and kind of, like, innovative approach to doing this. And he's gotten some press about it. I mean, he, like, worked at, like, Nike. You know, he has, like, a, a mixed um, high-level footwear background. And, and he really developed these, I think you're right, in a way that's 
um, super unique and yet didn't really get its due just yet, but um, I bet it will, you know, give it a season. That's what I have to say about that. All right, I'm going to roll right into number four, which I have on deck also, which is an Engineer Garments collaboration. By the way, I think Engineer Garments is just, in general, the best footwear collaborator of all time. And um, they've always done boots with Danner. And this season, they got a Danner Mountain Trail in leopard print. <laughs> leopard print, like, uh, what do you call this? Like, cowhide, fuzzy, hairy leopard print. Hold on, let me see. What do they call it? Faux fur. All right. It's obviously not real leopard. It's it's like completely out there. How would you describe these? I mean, these are these are leopard fur boots. It is. I really admire uh, engineered garments' commitment to leopard print as a neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like act it's like so like all green. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it goes with everything, and it actually, I mean, it really does go with with you know everything in their collection. This is just like a really striking boot. Not even in like a, not even me, like I'm not super into, you know, exotic animal prints right now necessarily or anything like that. I just think like these boots look killer. I've always thought there's something like brilliantly perverse about printing uh, a different animal, like hide print on pony hair. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it is pony hair though. I think it's just a synthetic hair. Um, yeah, they're just really sick. And um, not all boots have to be black or brown or weird beige colors or yellow. We covered actually a, a good spectrum of colors. Mm -hmm. um, but I've also owned a few pairs of Danner made in the USA. They're, they're good boots, good ass boots. Um, that's number four. That's what I have to say about the number four best boot in the world on the planet in the history of the year the number three best boot of 2020 uh if the raf simmons runner is not your bag the solomon advanced snowcross mesh boot uh is the one for you if you have to you know maybe you have to cross country ski cross country ski across finland um maybe you have to run a marathon up mm -hmm. a mountain um maybe you just have to go to the bodega and it's like slushy as fuck out um this is like the um the the solomon snowcross advance is basically like the speed cross um you know uh, like like foul weather running shoe but with um but but in boot form so it has like this this uh almost like membrane that zips up over the sneaker like a galosh it. um and this one like a galosh exactly and what what really sets this one um, apart. I mean, all Solomons have like really, really good um, color schemes, and this one is just is just absolutely impeccable. It's like uh, black base, aubergine details, reflective details, and then this like beautiful like lime green heel. Um, I think Solomon just like totally killed this one, um, and I literally had a pair delivered about fifteen minutes before we uh, started recording this episode. They run small, as I just found out. So unfortunately, unfortunately, this pair is going back to matches fashion. But um, I will. There's a lot of good salmons out right now. So many, they make so many colors. Yeah, the ones that they did with the broken arm are really cool too. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. We are, folks, we are down to the number two boots of 2020. I am um, really on the edge of my seat because I don't know what it is. And um, really grateful that, that um, on this Cyber Monday, we're all, we're all talking about boots together. Rachel, what's number two? This is Corporate Lunch, GQ's podcast about clothes, customer service, and uh, fast casual dining. Rachel, go. Soggy Uggs. <laughs> of course. Of course. Just a big, soggy Ugg with that salt stain on it. Oh, the beautiful salt ring. <laughs> like yeah. Dirty toilet bowl ring. <laughs> dirty toilet bowl. That is what you want. That is what it's all about. It's the only way to do it. They should, I, I should do pre-salt pre, uh, stained boots. Like they should sell them with, this, with the ring on them. Yeah, you're right. A collab with Golden Goose or something. So I think, the, I, <laughs> I think the best Ugg height is either the really, really short ones, right? That are right above the ankle bone or yeah. super tall. Yeah. And then you wear them with basketball shorts. Love that. Hell yeah. Uggs and basketball shorts is a super strong look. Mm -hmm. It's kind of sad that Uggs were so gendered. Like when I was in college a million years ago, the boys didn't wear Uggs. I bet they do now though, right? Or no? I feel like in Colorado and California, men definitely have been wearing Uggs the whole time. Australia. Yeah, yeah Australia, which is the Colorado of countries. <laughs> soggy uggs we know who you are respect the soggy uggs what's the number one sam has sam has been um doing weeks of research and deliberation working in the lab um to develop the number one boot of the season what is it sam the number one boot of the season is the prada re-nylon gabardine booties booties Wait, so Prada calls them the booties. These are the hiking boots that Prada does. Rendered in, they're exceptionally luxurious re-nylon fabric. Mamma mia. This, this Prada boot is just, it just hits every season. You know, it's a, it's a Frank Ocean favorite. Some of you might know. I think this sole unit, which I think is the same sole that goes on the Chelsea boot with the neoprene collar, that's true. Is just like one of the best little moments in the history of footwear. It's a very handsome soul. We told you that Prada makes the best boots, so um, they were not only number whatever it was before, Six. seven or something, Six. Six, but they are they are number one. If you need a boot that looks really really killer with a pair of vintage Levi's, this is the one. That's it. That's a good call. Yeah, these are going to look really good with some washed out extra back. I, I wouldn't say like 90 silver tabs. That's what these are really going to look good with. Mm -hmm. Honorable mention, um, the Stuart Weitzman vote boots. Um, <laughs> every pair of Rick Owens kiss boots ever made. Um, and those any Western, Chelsea boot with a any, Cuban heel. Yeah, those, those Western boots that rafted a Calvin Klein. Um, still some of the greatest design, boots ever. The forest design lace-up cowboy boots. Those are nice. Those are really great. We love boots. When I was in college, there was this guy um, who 
had totally like normal, cool fashion sense, but then bought a pair of silver, like holographic boots. <laughs> and every time I'd walk past him on like the way to class, I would yell, boots! Yeah. So I think if you see anyone wearing boots over the next three weeks, you should do that. Shout him out. Do you think that guy's, he's fucking traumatized probably, huh? You know, you can't even. I think he's like in charge of McKinsey now, so. <laughs> he's doing all right. Yeah. This has been one of the great episodes of Corporate Lunch. This has been episode number, what number is it, Sam? 113. This has been episode 113 of Corporate Lunch, the GQ podcast about clothes. Have a great holiday, you guys. Um, don't Buy everyone you. on your list a Corporate Lunch hat. Oh, buy the corporate lunch hat and send DM Sam Hine a pick. Buy get, two and it's a pair of boots. Yep, get one for each foot. It's important. It's important you do that. We'll see you episode 114, top of December. Bye.